Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. here where we're at. Of course, uh, we're talking about secrets to happiness and um, uh, some of the things that this guy, Paul, Paul wrote this, this letter to this church in Philippi, okay? Um, if you don't know where Philippi is, if you were to look at a map, you would see it over the Mediterranean. It's basically into Europe. So really, this is the first church that started in Europe, started by Paul. So if we were to say, uh, you know, what, what, what church did Dayspring come from? You know, who's our, our great, 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 great grandparent church? Well, it'd be the Church of Philippi. That's where we came from, from Europe, and then, of course, the United States, you know, so, um, so it's good. And so this letter, though, is interesting because uh, Paul gives a bunch of things when he's talking that really just bring him joy, and the word rejoice or joy, you kind of see that, that theme through this whole book. Um, let's just take a real quick review about some of the things that that Paul said that gave him joy and that could give us joy um, as, we, uh, as we're the Christians. So uh, four things that we covered the last few weeks that we can take a look at. The first one is sharing your faith can make you happy. So what's the secret to happiness? Well, when you get outside of your comfort zone and you share your faith with other people. Um, and boy, sometimes that gets hard, but you need to do it. You need to keep gospel tracts in your car, you need to keep them in your coat or something, and that you're ready to just give just give a track. Just invite people to church. Uh, it just, it's important that us as Christians do what we're supposed to do, and that's to go into all the world and give the gospel. So sharing your faith makes you happy. Praying for others makes you happy, uh, secret to happiness. And it's not just praying for the needs of other people we talked about, but praying for the spiritual growth of other people. Praying that other people uh, grow in God's word. That's so important that we do that. Uh, we pray for growth of our church, and it's not growth for the size, because that's none of our business. We pray for the spiritual growth of people in this church. Uh, number three, the uh, thing we covered in our third week was listening to good preaching of the gospel. That makes you happy. Uh, makes you, happy. you need to be in church. You need to hear good preaching. Um, Paul said it made him happy to know that people are preaching the word. We need to be part of that. You can't just live the Christian life and sit at home and, and just watch on YouTube. You need to be involved in a local church. Be part of that. Learn from it. Grow from it. And then the fourth one we covered last week was really having the right attitude makes you happy. Uh, Paul is in, is in prison, and he has the right purpose. Remember we talked about that, the right purpose. Therefore, they gave them him the right perspective on what was happening. If you have the right purpose, you have the right perspective, the result is you will have an attitude of joy, and that will be good. So uh, let's pick up where we left off. We left off at verse 21, chapter 1, verse 21. Um, and let's, I tell you what, we actually left off in this verse. Let's pick up at this verse just to kind of, again, kind of get the flow of where we're at. Verse 21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And again, we have to remember that, 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 that Paul's there in jail and he's saying, listen, if, if I live, that's a great thing. God will get the glory through my life. And that's what we really spent a lot of time talking about last week. Our purpose should be for God to get glory in our life, in our family's life, in our kid's life. And, and he said, that's good. But he said, you know what, if I die, that's fine too. Uh, which doesn't mean to be, sound morbid or anything, but he just says, if I die, then I'm in heaven and I'm with Christ. So the worst thing that could happen to me is I die 
and I go to heaven. And so that's, that's gain too. I, I wouldn't mind being in heaven. He said, that's totally fine. So, <coughs> excuse me. So he just says, this is so important. And, and again, we're looking at it and we're saying Paul just really had a good, uh, good perspective. He had good purpose. He understood what was going on. He understood that what was happening. And, you know, church, we, I know we talked about this last week, but let me just touch on it again real fast. If, if we have the right purpose and, and, and therefore we have the right perspective, just about even why you're here, that, that gets away with and that, that puts away with and that eliminates really any critical spirit that eliminates complaining in the church. Best thing here is that eliminates any cliques in the church. And praise God, we don't have any cliques in the church. And the clique is a lot of churches have cliques, you know. This side of the church, whatever, thinks that, I don't know, whatever, thinks something. The music's too loud. This side of the church thinks that the music's too soft. And this side of the church agrees with the pastor. And this side of the church doesn't agree with the pastor. And yet you keep coming. Wrong, 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 wrong. You go to a church and there's cliques, you're in the wrong church, okay? Uh, don't start a click here at this church because it's my job as the pastor to put a kibosh on it. And I will very quickly <laughs> because you're, you're here for the wrong purpose. If you're here for what can I get out of it, what do I want, what are my preferences, then, then your purpose is just wrong, okay? So Paul says my purpose is right, my perspective is right, therefore you have an attitude of joy. Church doesn't become a social club. It doesn't become what about me? It's not about what me. It's what about Christ? What, what, is, what does God want? How is Christ glorified? And so we have the right purpose, the right perspective, and we have an attitude of joy. All right, so then we go to verse 22, which is what we're picking up today. Here we go. Verse 22, he says, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I, what I shall choose, or what not. Verse 23, For I am in a strait betwixt the two. So I'm kind of scratching my chin here. Having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. So he's kind of thinking here for a moment. He's, he's, just, he's just being honest. Man, I'm in prison. He probably knows, guys, because remember, he doesn't write everything here, but he probably knows there's a good chance I'm going to die. But he probably also thinks maybe there's a good chance I'm going to get let out. And I believe from the, the verses that we're going to see, he, he probably thinks he's going to get let out. Uh, he doesn't realize or doesn't think he's going to die in prison, but I think that's a realistic thing. And so he's kind of going, well, maybe, is it better if I just stay here and I just die and go to heaven? That, that would be okay. You know, but, oh, man, maybe it's better if I get out of jail and I go and help you guys. I just don't really know what to do. I don't know, are any of you, you know, as we all get older, you start to think like that a little bit? It's like, well, my kids are out of the house. I'd be okay going to heaven right now. <laughs> you know, how many of you are looking for the rapture? Are you looking for the upper taker? Right, okay. That would be really nice. Wouldn't that just be great? The rapture of the church can happen at any moment. There's nothing on God's timeline that says we have to wait, you know, for such and such to happen for the church to be raptured. I think it'd be awesome. I, well, I tell you, I'll be honest. I I think the rapture of the church would be great as long as it comes after the chili tonight. I think it would be just fine. Um, no, I shouldn't say that, right? Of course you'd want the rapture of the church to happen right away. It could happen at any moment. And so, um, and so then he comes in verse 24. It says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Would you do me a favor take your pen and underline uh, more needful for you? So those one, two, three, four, those four words. He's basically saying, you know, I kind of scratched my chin on this. And boy, it'd be nice to go to heaven. I mean, if I die here in jail, I'll be in heaven. Oh, boy. But I think it's more needful for you. Remember, who is he writing this letter to? He's writing it to a church, Church of Philippi. It's a church. I think it's better that I stay here and I influence you. I think it's better. You're a young church. He started the church. You need leadership. Remember, the whole Christianity thing is new. 
the whole church thing is new. We, we sometimes forget about that when we read about, you know, something in this part of the Bible. We say, oh, well, you know, they got it. Well, they didn't necessarily get it. Remember, you know, Jesus was alive here on earth for a short, very 33 years, right? Uh, he dies on the cross, is buried, three days later rises again, then about a month and a half later, he goes to heaven, and he tells, you know, he says, listen, when I leave, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit, and there's something new coming. On, on the set comes in the book of Acts, comes a guy named Paul, and he's, my job is to start this new economy, the new economy called the church, okay? The church wasn't over here. There's no church. So this guy, Paul, is like, hi, him and Peter kind of getting this thing going, okay? And so by the time we get over here, the book of Philippians, these people, it's only been 20, 30 years since Christ left, and they don't have computers, they don't have books, they don't have printing presses, they don't have emails, they don't have fax machines. <laughs> What's a fax machine? <laughs> we don't even have a fax machine. But, you know, they don't have all these things. And, and so they're, by word of mouth, they're communicating, hey, this is, this is, there's no more temple, all right? There, there's no more priests. We don't need that anymore. There's no more sacrifices. We don't need it anymore. Why? Because there's this guy named Jesus, and he did this. He was the perfect lamb. He was the sacrifice. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I think I heard about him. Remember, there's no videotapes. There's no YouTube, right? There's no photographs. So it's like, oh, yeah, I think I heard about some guy rising from the dead. You're starting from scratch, like, yeah, well, he's the promise, and you'd have to go through the Old Testament and just show how all those predictions and prophecies came true. So he's like, listen, church, new church, I think I need to help you, and I think I could really be a good influence to you, though, although I'd rather be in heaven with my Savior, I think that we need to be helping you. And again, I think we've got to stop for a second, church, I think we need to just examine this for a moment. Paul, where's Paul when he's writing this? I've already said it, but where is he? He's in, okay, we're already on verse 24, have we heard have we heard Paul complaining about his situation yet? You haven't. Well, where's my lawyer? You know, <laughs> how come life is so unfair? How come this isn't good? We don't hear about him complaining. We don't hear about what he wants. What his desire is right now is what? I want to influence you. That's what his focus is. His focus is not you guys need to be helping me, you need to be taking care of me. How come, you know, I'm getting, you know, served this kind of food? No, I want to stay here and I want to influence you. I think it's important that I influence you. You know, we, we hear about the word influence a lot nowadays. There's, on social media, there's influencers, right? You hear about influencers? Uh, we have a, a, a family member, distant family member, who's, uh, believe it or not, extremely popular influencer, um, uh, probably, I think, last year, had, had the number one podcast in the world, uh, and, and this is a cousin of mine, and extremely popular influencer. Okay, wonderful person, doing a great job, nothing against the person, I think it's wonderful. But just, let's just pause for a second. So, when I was a kid, an influencer was called a what? An advertiser. Is something talking here? <laughs> what happened on my phone here? This is kind of strange, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Do I have a phone call coming in? I don't know what that is. That's strange. <laughs> Siri's talking to me. <laughs> Never had that happen before. But, but it's called an advertiser. So an influencer is someone that what? That promotes a product. They're influencing you to have a product, influencing you to buy something, influencing you to shop somewhere, influencing you to do something. And that's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But the term nowadays is, is that they're called being an influencer, okay? So, so think about that just for a moment. It's a, it's a business. They're, they're influencing you. 
But Paul here is saying, my job is that I want to influence you. Church, let's just think for a second. Let's just kind of talk about this for a second. Do, do, do you influence anybody? Are there people in your life that have been influenced to you? I mean, there are people that you can actually think, well, this person has influenced me. Well, well, Paul says one of the greatest things that gives me joy is that I influence other people. Write this down. If you've got a pen, I think it's in your notes there. Write this down if you can. And, and let's take a look at this. Um, you can't influence people that you refuse to associate with. You can't influence people that you refuse to associate with. We talk about the theme or the goal of our church is to win, disciple, and send. Okay, well, that sounds great, but guess what? If you're going to win, disciple, and send people, you have to what? You have to be around those people. You can't influence people from a distance. You can't influence people when you're not around them. This summer, we're going to have our, our, our church is going to set up a tent at the Waukesha County Fair. We do it every year. I think it's wonderful. And we share the gospel with the community. Well, guess what? If you're going to be an influence to people in the community with the gospel, you have to be there. You can't say, well, our church is a tent, but I'm not going to show up. <laughs> right? It doesn't make any sense. You've actually got to be with people. You've got to be around them. Uh, uh, you disciple people by being around them. Um, you know, it, it, it's like nowadays it gets very confusing because we're so used to social media. And we'll see something on social media that we like, you know, like whatever. Go feed the hungry or feed poor children or, or help starving children. And what do we do? Oh, that's, yeah, I agree with that. And we click on it and we say like. I like that. Church, don't confuse you clicking on the mouse button to say like with you actually doing something for those people that need help, right? right? Uh, studies have been out, you can read them all over the place, that, that people that actually click on the like button uh, for a cause or for a purpose are actually people that do the least amount for a service like that. They just look it up, look it all over the place. Clicking on something like kind of feeds our anger. Well, that's injustice, that's wrong. I'm go yeah, click. Well, it's easy to click because why? It doesn't cost us anything. It doesn't cost us any time. It doesn't cost us any money. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to take a stand for that injustice. Click. Okay, you clicked. But you haven't done anything. You haven't, there's, no, there's no skin off your back. There's no sweat. There's no time involved. And, and yet the attitude nowadays, well, you know, I agree with that. Click. That, it's called slack division. <laughs> Instead of activism, it's called slacktivism. <laughs> you're, you're just a slacker. You, well, I, I click. Just because you click on something doesn't mean you're actually influencing being part of something. If you really want to help poor, poor, starving children, then instead of just clicking on it, get out your checkbook, go work in a soup kitchen, go down and help the homeless down in Milwaukee, help some poor, starving children. That would be a great thing. But just clicking on something doesn't actually mean that you're taking a stand for it. I realize that's so fashionable nowadays, and, and it's kind of that thing of, well, it's righteous anger. Well, maybe not. Uh, you know, the, the fact is that when we click on something, we don't do something, it, it really impedes our actions because we've rewarded ourselves with that feeling of, well, I clicked on something, okay? And I say all that to say this, that if you're going to influence someone, if you're going to be a voice in someone's life, if you're going to disciple someone, it's going to take time. Relationships are going to have to be built, they're going to have to be developed, and you need to do it through the economy of your local church. Now, home Bible studies are good. I'm not against home Bible studies. I think Christian radio is good. I'm not against Christian radio. I think school networks are good. I'm not against school networks. Going to, going to Bible college is good, but I'm not against Bible colleges. But don't forget, church, those aren't the local church. 
none of those I listed are the local church. They're not. They're businesses that are doing good, but they're not the local church. If you want to actually be involved and you actually want to influence someone's life, the best place, not the only place, but the best place to do it is your local church. That, that's God, this is God's economy, okay? The local church is not like, you know, well, it's just something Dan Rehoff thought of and we're in competition with another parachurch. No. It, God's economy is the local church, okay? Discipleship, influence other Christians really ought to start, really ought to have a heartbeat, really at the local church. Our church, I think of Sunday nights. Sunday nights are a great time to influence someone. Uh, if you don't come on Sunday nights, I, I want to encourage you. Sunday nights are better felt than telt. <laughs> we, we, do, we do, is that I don't know if I'm good English or not, but we do a lot of good singing. Um, we're, we're actually going to increase our song time uh, starting tonight. Uh, we're going to increase our prayer time. We spend a lot of time praying. Uh, so a lot of good music, a lot of good time praying uh, for all your requests. And we have a, a Bible study. Tonight, we're, we, you know, we're doing a special thing. We're having people bring chili. Why? Because we're hungry? No. Because we like to brag about how good our chili is? No. Because I want you to rub shoulders with each other and be an influence with one another. It takes time and energy to develop those relationships, to develop that influence. You need to do that. Why do we have Sunday night? Sunday night's not in the Bible. You're right. Sunday night is not in the Bible. But it's another chance for us to disciple one another, another chance for us to influence one another. Why do we have Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights, I brought this up. Uh, we, we have a really cool program on Wednesday nights. Uh, we used to have a Bible study on Wednesday nights, and, and we, we upgraded, I think, to this. We have a one-on-one -on -one talk, what we call talk time, a one-on-one -on -one discipleship time, where we fill this room with tables, and, and you're assigned with another person, and you go through this book. This is just a Bible study. That's all it is. It's a Bible study, one-on-one. -on -one. I'm, I'm currently going through this with Jim. Jim and I have become really good friends, Jim Semko, and we have really become good friends, and we're going through this together, and we're filling in all the blanks together, and we're doing it. And it's been great. Why? Because Jim's been influencing me, and I hope that I've been influencing Jim. Jim's been discipling me, and I hope that I've been discipling Jim. Well, why do we have Wednesday nights? Because we're bored? No, because Christians, our job is to what? To go into all the world and preach the gospel and what? Make disciples of people. Wednesday nights, we have a great opportunity at this church to disciple one another, to influence one another. And it's free, it doesn't cost you a dime. But you should take advantage of that. You really should be part of that. Friday nights, we get together for our addiction recovery program. Simple steps. Why do we do that? Because the pastor's bored on Friday night. No, not the pastor's not bored on Friday night. Because the pastor wants to be part of influencing and discipling, discipling the people in our community and you here in our church. But it takes time. It takes energy. It takes, it takes turning off the TV. It takes putting down Facebook. It, it takes, you know, getting off the couch. It takes time to do those kind of things. It's involvement. So, so we have all these opportunities at this church where you can learn to, to influence other people and be influenced. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Take a look at this verse. Iron sharpens iron. So is a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Now leave this up here just for a second. Now just think, church, just think. I know this is so logical, but just think. Iron sharpens iron. Now, what has to happen for iron to sharpen iron? Think. It has to what? It has to be near each other, right? If you're going to have, you know, an iron axe head or a sword and you're going to sharpen it, maybe you're going to use another, you know, a sharpening stone, you're going to sharpen that. Well, they have to be in contact with each other. They have to be near each other. 
If I brought up a knife here on the stage today and said, look at this knife is dull, it needs to be sharpened. Well, where's the sharpening stone? Where's the other piece of iron you're going to sharpen it with? Oh, I left it at home. It's sitting on the couch. Is it ever going to get sharpened? No. Why? Because the two aren't in contact with each other. They're not rubbing shoulders with each other. They're not rubbing elbows with each other. They're not communicating with each other. They're not near each other. Church, we have Wednesday nights, we have Friday nights, we have Sunday nights so that iron can sharpen iron at this church. And if you're not involved with it, I'm just being honest, you're not being sharpened because you're not here. Well, I'm just going to watch online. Well, okay, watching online is something, but it's not the same as being in contact, okay? Listen, don't, don't you want to be a better person a year from now than you are today? R- raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want to improve in this next coming year. Do you want to just improve in your, your life? In your, I mean, does anyone want to get worse this coming year? So, man, I hope I'm just worse. I hope a year from now I'm just a, a wretched mess, you know, <laughs> a hot mess. No, no one says that. I want to get better. I want to improve. Well, okay. There's all these opportunities at a church like ours to improve, to grow, to learn more about God's Word. You, you could talk all day long. Well, I want to disciple people. Well, I want to learn God's Word. Well, I want to become a better Christian. You, you could talk about that. It's like being on Facebook and saying, oh yeah, I want to feed the homeless. Click. So what? You've done nothing. You Click. <laughs> when you talk about it but you don't do something about it, you're doing nothing. Being here is an important thing, important part of your, your spiritual growth. That's why God said, I got the church, so I want you to be together. Don't don't hinder your time to be together. You need to be together because iron sharpens iron. Do you have someone, and just be honest, do you have someone that right now that you can honestly say you are purposely discipling for the cause of Christ? Is there a name that you can put in your mind right now that you can say, I am honestly, on purpose, discipling, I am honestly, on purpose, influencing this person for the cause of Christ? Is there a name? In your mind right now. Say, you know what? On purpose right now, I'm working with. Is there? If there's not a name or a face that you can say on purpose, I am discipling, I am influencing this person for the cause of Christ. You're really, really, really missing out. Big time. There needs to be a name. Okay? You need to have at least one person. You say, you know what? I'm working with. For the cause of Christ right now. I am on purpose. Not just I ran into so-and-so at the, at the, you know, the drinking fountain at, at work. Or I just, you know, I saw someone and said, hey, you ought to go to church. Well, that's not really discipling. But on purpose, you are influencing, you're discipling them for the cause of Christ. There needs to be someone. Okay? You need to. There needs to be someone that you're working with. Absolutely, positively. Paul here, as he's saying this, said, listen. Boy, it'd be nice to go to heaven. But you know what? I'm going to work with you guys. It's better that I stay here and I work with you guys. In church, you're going to need help. It's better than instead of me going and being with my Savior for all of eternity. It's better that I just stay here and I just influence you. And you know what? There's really nowhere in the Bible. I, maybe, maybe, maybe I haven't found it. I don't know. There, there's nowhere in the Bible that I, that I see that it says that we're exempt from discipling other people as Christians. I, I don't see it. Everyone needs to disciple someone except here's all the rules or all the exemptions that you don't have to be involved in someone's life and last time i checked the great commission was for all of us to go where everywhere baptize people make them disciples lead people to christ all right that's for all of us well that's the pastor's job well it's the pastor's job yeah but if you're a christian it's your job too you need to be influenced people you need to be part of that you, you and if you say you're not if you say well i don't 
there's a good chance that you're just lazy. You're just, I just, well, I don't have time. Well, I don't know, church. The President of the United States, whether you like him or not, whether you like him or not, the President of the United States, the freest democracy in the world, the largest democracy in the world, can run the largest democracy in the world in 24 hours a day. I, I don't think that any of us are busier, honestly, than someone, let's say, like the president. I mean, like him or not, I mean, let's just be honest, right? Every minute of his day is, is calculated and, and, and planned out and meetings and all that. I mean, we you may be busy, but I don't think anyone here is busier than the president, okay? I just, I just don't think so. I just, I just don't think so. So you may be busy, but I just don't think we're that busy. Maybe there's some things we need to cut out of our calendar, out of our time. I mean, I know it's, I know, I know. Could you actually cut out something like Netflix? I, I heard it's done. I heard some people actually don't have a Netflix su subscription, and they live. They live to tell about it. I, it's hard. Um, I've heard that some people actually don't have a Facebook account. I know, I know. Isn't that shocking? How do they breathe? How do they live? I don't know. I heard there are some people that don't have Facebook accounts. And, and you could turn off stuff like that and actually make time, okay? Get off the couch, you know, do whatever. Maybe, maybe you know, you just you sacrifice some other time for some other stuff that you're doing. And you say, you know what? Discipling someone, influencing someone is much more important. Take a look at Matthew chapter 5.13. Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. So Jesus said what? What are you? You are the salt of the earth. Interesting, the next verse we'll look at in a second says you're the light of the world. Now, church, what's the purpose of salt? Think. Well, when you have something that's not that great, you put salt on it. It makes it taste better, right? <laughs> uh, you buy a cheap steak. What do you do? You put steak sauce on it. You know what the number one ingredient in steak sauce is? It's what? It's salt. What about, what about ketchup? Oh, yeah, it's tomatoes. No, it's not tomatoes. <laughs> it's salt, right? You put salt, you put ketchup on everything, right? You put steak sauce, right? Uh, when, we were, when we were younger, Amy and I used to work at a camp in northern Minnesota, and one of the, the restaurants in Walker, Minnesota was called The Outdoorsman. It was a cafe. And in the morning, uh, a bunch of people would go fishing early in the morning at sunrise. We'd all go fishing. We'd go across the lake, and we'd have breakfast at the restaurant called The Outdoorsman. And they had a great special uh, in the mornings. It was steak and eggs. Well, I guess it was a piece of steak. I'm not really sure exactly what it was because we were in northern Minnesota. It was something that was kind of red meat, kind of. But it was really good. Why? Because you would load it with salt or with ketchup and then with the eggs. It just tasted great. But you, what? You did. You, you put salt on it to make it palatable, to make it go down, to make it taste good, to make it something that you can actually eat. Church, listen. Our world is in total stress right now, in total duress, in total confusion. They hear something from the Bible and it throws the world for a loop right now because they're like, what? God created man and woman? Period? I can't comprehend that. That doesn't make sense. I thought there were 32 different genders. It's mind-blowing. You are the, the salt of the earth. So you're going to be able to take something that they just can't swallow, they can't understand, and you're going to be the one to help disciple them so they can understand it and say, oh, God really does have a plan for my life. God didn't make me a mistake. God made me on purpose, and it's not an oops. I'm not a mistake. I'm not, a, I'm not an accident of evolution. Your job is to make sure that this book goes down okay. <laughs> All right? You're the salt of the earth. You're, the Bible also says, look at the next verse, that that you are the light of the world. Verse 14. You're the light. What, the, what does the light do? Well, the light shows people the way. This is the way that God wants you to live. That's called influencing someone. That's called discipling someone. 
that this is the flashlight along the path that you open up that shows you, oh, okay, this is how I raise my kids. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Okay, this is how you you this is how marriage works. This is the purpose of marriage. This is this is the example for marriage. This is how you stay married. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay, I understand that, right? Th- this is how you spend your money. Well, I didn't know what to do with my money. Well, this is what God's plan is for budgeting your money. You are to be the light of the world by using this book. You're supposed to help people use this flashlight to show them how to live, okay? That's what our job is. But you can't do that if you're not with other people. You can't do that if you're not discipling someone. You can pray about it. Oh, dear Lord, help our world to change. Well, okay, pray about that all day long you want. But until you're working with someone and discipling them and helping them make a change, if you're not doing something, don't, don't expect God just to magically, you know, spread some, you know, fairy dust on the entire United States of America and his revival breaks out. Listen, it's going to happen. It's going to start in a local church, which means it starts with you because you're part of the local church, Okay. If, if we're not doing it, if we're not helping change people one by one, it's not just going to magically happen. We have this idea like it's just going to magically, God's going to change, you know, well, uh, God wants the church to do his job. So are you doing that? Are you part of it? Are you, are you involved with that? Uh, it, it, and, and we're being so influenced by the world today, church. I get so, and we're going to talk tonight, I'll tell you right now, we're, we're going to talk tonight about, about how we're influenced. There's, the Bible talks about things that influence us in the world. I, I, have you realized just how much we're being influenced? Um, the woman of the year, the woman of the year, not that I care what USA Today says, but the woman of the year 11 years ago was a man. But, but now he says he's a woman, and so the woman of the year, 2022, 2021, was a, was, was a man 11 years ago. Where, where are all the women's groups? Where, where are all the women that have actually born women and actually raised kids and gave birth to children and, and had to, you know, go against the whole society and do the thing as a woman, why aren't they just in a total uproar about the woman of the year actually 11 years ago was a man? <laughs> it boggles my mind that people are just keeping their mouth shut about these kind of things. It, just, it blows my mind. But we're being influenced, and the next generation influenced even more that, oh, oh, okay, no wonder the Supreme Court nominee cannot define what a woman is. If the Supreme Court nominee defined what a woman is, there would be all these groups that would just make sure that that person is not in office anymore, right? And we're, just being, we're just being told and just being saturated that it doesn't matter or that this is right or it's not a big deal. Or even, you know, what about swimming? I, this blows my mind. You know, the, 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 the guy that puts on a girl's swimsuit and swims with a girl's swim team? Amazing. Blows all the world records by a second or two where are all the women's groups? I've, I've, it blows me away. Where, where's the police from letting this guy go in the women's changing room? That's what I'd like to know. But of, of all the sports that you can't hide, if you're a woman or a man, the swim team is a pretty, pretty powerful sport that you're just not going to hide who you are. I mean, it's not like this was someone like on an Alaskan, you know, like Iditarod, you know, uh, snow team or something like that, that you, well, is that a guy or a girl? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy to know here. What, why isn't the world in an uproar about this? It, because we're being influenced slowly, 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 slowly that it's okay and that that's normal. Church, if someone doesn't get up and start preaching this word and start discipling people one-on-one, we're go- not only are we going to lose the nation, we're going to lose the church, okay? It, it, the churches aren't going to make a big deal about it anymore either. And listen, I'm sure these people are nice people. I'm sure they're wonderful people. I'm not against those people as a people. What I'm against is the fact that, that we're being influenced 
that this book doesn't matter anymore. And, and, Christian, and churches all across the world aren't standing up and saying anything about it. They're just, well, whatever. I'm afraid I'm going to get censored. Whatever. Get censored. I don't care. I just, I don't care, right? Listen, I told you our board has already decided that if, if someone has to go to jail, uh, Pastor Tanny's first on the list for our church. Uh, and, then, and then it's Mr. Reffert. He's next. Uh, and then uh, after that, it's my wife. <laughs> and then I'll be the fourth to go to jail. Uh, so take a look at this. Let's write this down. Let's get done here today. You have no idea the number of people that God may want you to influence through you. You have no idea the number of people that God may want to influence through you. Until you start to influence people, you don't have any idea how many people that maybe God has in the future and the plans for, for you to influence. You have no idea. You have no idea. Until you get off the couch, until you stop just clicking like, until you actually do something and start discipling people, start getting involved, you have no idea how many people God wants to influence through you. Church, think for a moment. Uh, Twelve and a half, coming up on 13 years ago, uh, I was a travel agent, <laughs> and I, I did tours and trips to the Holy Land. I went to the Holy Land 14 times as a tour guide. I love doing that. I never, never wanted to be a pastor. I don't. Ask my wife. It's just like the last thing. It's like, oh. When I went to Bible college, you know, you got all these freshmen, they're all lining up going to Bible college, and these freshmen, you know, man alive, you know, if I don't preach, I'm going to die. You know, they'd say that, the freshmen, you know, you're like, whatever. For me, when I was a freshman, I was like, if they ask me to preach, I'm going to die. You know, I don't want to do anything to do with that. Well, what if, I mean, just, let's just be honest, what if Pastor Dan and Amy stayed back and just did tours to Israel? Nothing wrong with that. It was a good occupation. It was a good job to have. Well, here's the reality. I never would have guessed 12 and a half years ago. A lot of you may not be saved because Amy and I led you, led you to Christ either directly or indirectly through this church. A lot of you, a lot of you wouldn't be over or have recovered from your addictions. That's just the truth. Now, maybe you would have, but a lot of you wouldn't have been. A lot of you probably would be dead from overdose. That's the truth. That's not me. That's not Amy. That's God working through it. We had no clue. No clue 12 and a half years ago that we'd be standing here literally on 36 acres with this beautiful building with, with such an influence in the city of, in, the, in the area around Milwaukee. That wasn't my plan. 12 and a half years ago, I had no idea how many people God would have me to influence in my world. I, I didn't even think I was ever going to live in Wisconsin. That wasn't on my list of things to do in life. Church, once you start getting involved, once you roll up your sleeves and stop clicking the like button and actually get involved and say, well, I want to influence people, I want to disciple people, you have no idea how many people God's going to use in your life that you will be able to influence. You just don't have an idea. You don't have an idea until you do it. When Paul wrote this, church, remember, where's Paul? He's in jail. There is no such thing as a printing press. The printing press is not going to get invented for another 1,500 years there's no internet, there's no email, there's no tape recorders, there's no movies, there, there, there's no typewriters, there's nothing. All Paul knows is, I just, I'd like to go to heaven, <laughs> but I need to influence those people around me. Well, all I can do right now is just write a letter, and he writes a letter. Paul had no clue, no clue that here we are in the year 2022, and we're being influenced by what Paul did because he was faithful and he did what he was supposed to be doing. He rolled up his sleeves and instead of clicking the like button, he actually did something. I can't do everything, but this is something I can do. I can write a letter. Well, I can't go talk to them. I can't be with them. I can't be on television. I can't be on the radio, but I can write a letter. So church, 
we need to be involved. We need to influence people. I'm thankful. This church is a very active church. I'm thankful that so much of us, so many of you are, are influencers for the cause of Christ. I'm thankful that so many of you disciple. I'm thankful, I think, of our Christian school. I, I absolutely love our Christian school. I'm thankful for you parents that not only have your kids in the Christian school, but you serve and you work in the Christian school. Maybe you work in preschool. Maybe you work in our K-12. through So not only are you there with your kids influencing your kids, but you're influencing and discipling my kids or other people's kids in this church. You're not just doing it selfishly, well, I'm just taking care of my little nest here. I'm doing other people as well. I mean, I think of, I think of Jeff Penny. Jeff Penny volunteers here. His children uh, are in our Christian school. That's wonderful. Jeff volunteers here a couple days a week. And he's not only influencing his kids, he's influencing my kids. And we can go down the list. Carissa. Uh, Celix, she has her children here in the school, and she does a wonderful job working in the preschool. She's not only influencing her children with the gospel of Jesus Christ, she's influencing a whole classroom of other kids, teaching them about Jesus, teaching them uh, about the things of God. And, and Chrissy Stern, we appreciate her, all of her work that she does, and, 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 and Tabby, and I could just, the list can keep going on. We just keep going on forever and ever and ever of those people that want to influence not just their children, but other children. They're disciples, they're influencers, they're, they're making a difference for the cause of Christ. Church, that's impressive. That is a pastor. That's just really impressive. We have so many people that want to be involved in other people's lives and, and, and influence people, make a, dis, uh, a difference. So let's look at the last verse and let's be done. Verse 25. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you. So I'm, I'm confident about this. I'm going to stay with you. All for your furtherance and joy of faith. I, I'm going to stay here for your furtherance so, so that you'll grow, so that, that you'll be discipled. Verse 26, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for, for me by my coming to you again. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get out of here and I just know that God's going to get the glory because I'm going to spend time influencing you. Not that I get the glory, but I know God's going to get the glory because this is the whole picture. So what's Paul saying? Paul's saying, well, life is good. Death is, death is probably even better. But my responsibility is right now and my responsibility is to the people sitting next to me. It's to the people in the church that I can influence. That's my responsibility right now. It's not to go to heaven. That's not, my, that's not my responsibility right now. It's not just to stay here and do nothing, not just to click the like button. My responsibility is to those people around me that I can influence. Church, do you have a name? Do you have people that you're influencing, that you're discipling? Do you? I hope you do. If you don't, you need to get off the couch and you need to start discipling someone. Somehow. This church has more opportunities than any church I know, and that's the truth. You need to be involved in discipling other people. You need to be involved in influencing other people. It's part of the Christian life. It's part of the Christian walk. And when you disciple and influence other people, they are discipling and influencing you as well. Okay, iron is going to sharpen iron. All right? Okay, and what's the first thing you share with people always? Well, of course, the good news of the gospel, right? The fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The fact that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross and he says all I want you to do is just to believe that, to trust, depend, to rely upon the fact that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid the sin debts for all mankind, right? Why? For by grace are we saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Have you shared your faith this week? Have you discipled someone with the gospel this week? I hope you have. You need to take some of those tracks. The simplest thing you could do today when you walk out is to grab those invite cards for Easter. Take those and just invite someone to Easter. That could be the beginning 
that could be the beginning of you discipling that person. Maybe they come back and maybe you start to work with them. Maybe you lead them to Christ. But it starts with something. Don't just click like. I like, I like the Easter program at Dayspring. Just because you click like doesn't mean you're doing anything. All you do is click the word like. Go out and take a card and invite someone to Easter. Get involved. Influence someone for the cause of Jesus Christ. Sound good? All right, let's close with a word of prayer. Let's be done today. Father, we've had a good study today. Thank you for Paul writing this and, and, and being led by you to write what he wrote. Lord, encourage us to influence people. Some of us just need to start with, with inviting someone out to Easter. It's just one. Invite one person. Some of us can hand out maybe some gospel tracts, maybe just one. Some of us maybe could roll up our sleeves and get involved here on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights, Friday nights. That doesn't do any me any good, but they need to get involved in other people's lives. They need to be constantly thinking, who can I disciple? Who can I influence? How can I be discipled? How can I be influenced? And do that within the bounds of the local church. So important. And Lord, maybe someone today for the first time is trusting you as Savior. Maybe today for the first time someone understands it's not their baptism. It's not a list of rules they have to keep. It's by grace that they're saved, Lord, that they understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay their debt, rose again the third day, and he did that for us. He paid our sin debt so we can know for certain we have eternal life. Lord, maybe someone today has accepted that. Someone's trusted in you as Savior today. I ask for a blessing in their life, and they'll, they'll be discipled as well. In your name we pray, amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.